Welcome to Revive Families Connecting Hearts with researcher, author, speaker, and coach Jeff Schott. Jeff is devoted to keeping the hearts of parents and kids connected. He developed Influential Parenting, a comprehensive program designed to help parents target the root of behavior issues rather than whacking away at the surface. Jeff also wrote the book Going, Going, Gone, which helps parents understand the reasons kids depart the faith. It gives parents the information they need to open conversations with their kids to prevent this outcome. Learn more about Revive Family, its resources and coaching for families at revivefamily.com. Welcome back to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family, and we've been talking about having a joyful, a peaceful, a meaningful Christmas as a family. We started the series by talking about giving, sharing, and gratefulness, and how the combination of these things can really change our perspective around the holiday. There are tangible benefits to giving, sharing, and being grateful that lead to more positivity in ourselves, that lead to closer connections between family members and have a positive impact on stress levels and our health. If we tend to struggle at Christmas time, we're let down, or it's a time of feeling alone, or it's a painful time because of past experiences, getting involved in giving, sharing, and focusing on gratefulness can really change the dynamic for us personally and will definitely impact the way our kids approach and view Christmas. In the second part of A Meaningful Christmas, we began talking about relationships and how relationships are the only thing that lead to fulfillment in life, according to a 75-year Harvard study. So if our family's relationships aren't good, aren't doing well, the likelihood of us having a close, connected, peaceful, joyful, meaningful Christmas is pretty minimal because... If fulfillment comes through relationships, through love, through unconditional love in our families, and we're not feeling it, Christmas is going to be focused just on the things and on the stuff. And like many of you, when you got married, you probably had never really sat down and thought through what leads to healthy relationships. What are the things that need to be happening to have healthy relationships? That's why in the second program, we began talking about the elements that make a relationship healthy. And at the end of the program, we touched on the fourth element of a healthy relationship, which was transparency. If you missed part one or part two of A Meaningful Christmas and want to go back and listen to them, you can do that at revivefamily.com forward slash podcasts. Or you can go to the bottom of any page on the site and sign up and you'll get a summary of the resources that are released that week, whether a blog, podcast, or audiobook. As we step into part three of A Meaningful Christmas, I want to touch back on transparency and re-emphasize how important it really is for healthy relationships. In so many marriages, the research has found that the longer we're married, the less we understand each other. That's because the transparency that we often begin with in a dating relationship begins to diminish in a marriage, whether it's unresolved issues, personality differences, or just developing assumptions about each other regarding why we think and react and behave as we do. Transparency diminishes and the emotional understanding underneath what's going on begins to dissipate. And I found the same thing between kids and parents. We've seen our kids make the same mistakes several times. We kind of start to believe that's what they're always going to do. We begin to approach them in that light. The kids are frustrated because they're actually trying to change it. They begin to believe that no matter what I do, my parents are going to see me the same way. And we end up miles apart between 
us and our kids because we're not creating an environment where we're sharing our feelings. We're coming to understand each other's perspectives and feelings, which often clarifies what's going wrong in terms of behavior, conflict, etc. And often I found this is because parents themselves struggle to understand their own feelings. If I ask them, when your son said that to you or your daughter did this, how do you feel? Upset, scared. But what are those feelings underneath the upset and scared? And they often can't identify them. I've found it's that in sharing these feelings that are that we diffuse our own reactions and frustration and our kids actually come to understand what we're really thinking and why. And in that, when we're sharing, they open up and share as well. And it's amazing how much closer transparency draws family members together. As we move towards this Christmas and we want to see something different in our families, sitting down and making a new set of guidelines, in effect, promises to our kids that we're going to be a safe place, that we're not going to react, we're not going to respond. We want to begin sharing at a deeper level so that we understand each other and we don't grow apart is a great step to take. I've found that this type of transparency really helps build trust between parents and kids. When the kids are willing to come and share what's really going on inside and why they made the mistake they did from an emotional perspective, or they're able to share what they're really feeling about different situations. I've found that when I facilitate these conversations in a coaching context, parents are often really shocked by how their kids are really viewing things like their own behavior, their decisions, their friends. And the parents are always blown away going, wow, they're processing way more than I thought they were. They're thinking things through better than I thought they were. And it helps build that trust that we talked about last session, which is so essential, an unending trust within our family. And I found that this transparency is also vital for the next component of a healthy relationship, which is clear and constant communication. I find so often in family situations where things are breaking down and conflict is breaking out that the communication isn't clear. Often I find that families have become focused on right and wrong and debating who said what when. They're totally missing the emotional undercurrent that's leading to all of the issues. Those things, the deeper things, aren't even being talked about. The hurts, the unresolved issues, the misunderstandings that are leading to hurt feelings, we're not even getting to those things. And so the communication isn't clear. We may be delivering the message clearly to our kid, this was wrong and you should never do this again. But what we're not understanding is the reason that the kid got taken down that path in the first place emotionally. They didn't set out in the morning to make that bad decision. It happened along the way. And oftentimes they didn't get the thing done we asked them to get done because there's an unresolved issue. They're not feeling safe to share with us their feelings about what we're doing that's hurting them and that's killing their desire to want to help us and please us. This is why developing a routine in your home where there's time for deeper, meaningful communication is so essential. For me with my boys, that's in the morning after they get up and they're dressed and stuff is gathered for school. We jump into the big bed because it's really cold here in Colorado and we heat with a wood stove. So the house is 62 in the morning and we get under the covers and One's on one arm, one's on the other. We talk and I ask them the deeper questions at that time. And we've developed this time where they share. 
developing a deeper level of communication and opening up the lines of communication requires being that safe place for each other where we listen, we hear, we don't judge, we don't react. We help each other process by listening and allowing us to hear ourselves and then asking, hey, do you mind if I share my thoughts on this? And then coming at it not from a lecture or you can't do this, but here's the things I would consider. What are your thoughts about those things? How does that factor into where you want to end up in life? Will this help you succeed now and in the future? Those types of things I've found leads to kids making a lot better decisions because they've been able to use this as a sounding board to get some input that isn't threatening and doesn't feel controlling. And it leads to this clear, open communication. Transparency, of course, is vital in that communication if we're really going to hear and understand each other. And that brings us to the seventh element of a great relationship. It's understanding. This, of course, requires that transparency and that clear communication because it's so easy for our kids to misunderstand our motives, our message. They perceive them differently than we think, and they're often hurt by those perceptions, and we may not even know it because we're not asking the question when we see their face get a little dejected. Hey, what are you feeling right now? How are you perceiving what I said? How did it come across to you? And so we're not really understanding them. We may be correcting them. We may be getting them to admit they're wrong and apologize. But are we truly understanding them and where they're at in the relationship with us? This happens, of course, between couples as well. Over time, issues build up, assumptions build up, and we lose that understanding the longer we're married, according to the research. So making understanding each other a pillar for the relationships in your home is really important. One of the great things you could go do here is go to your kids and say, hey, do you believe I really understand you, your thoughts, your motives, why you do things? And ask them on a one to 10 scale. One, you have no clue what I'm really all about. 10, you understand me completely. And then ask them how come they're feeling that way. Start making understanding each other a priority in your marriage between you and your kids. This will lead to closer relationships, which will make Christmas more meaningful because we'll be actually sharing with each other. We'll be close to each other. We'll want to spend time with each other. We might actually pull out a game and play one with each other as opposed to just unwrapping the gifts and going to our own corners. And of course, to be a safe place for each other, to trust each other, to build this open communication in this transparency, it requires a great deal of patience, which is what we'll discuss when we come back after a short break in Revive Families Connecting Hearts, A Meaningful Christmas. Thanks for joining me. We'll be back in just a couple of moments. Hey, it's Jeff Schott, and I just wanted to let you know that we love providing resources for free at Revive Family. And when we're ready shortly after the new year, we're going to be making a huge announcement in that regard. The board of directors of Revive Family and myself are stepping out in faith, and as opposed to walking by sight, we're going to walk by faith believing that the people that benefit from our resources will make donations to pay it forward so we can continue to help more families. Why are we doing this? 
all the research and all the marketing firms are telling us if we provide all of our resources for free, we'll be able to help three to five times more families than if we charge for them. So if you're benefiting from this podcast, our blogs, and are looking forward to participating in our Influential Parenting online program where you can listen to it, you can watch it, you can get the implementation guide, participate, parent support calls where you can get your questions asked as you make changes and you see different responses in your kids. Please consider making a donation at year end this year. We want to help as many families as possible and we don't want money to get in the way. So if you're able to make a donation here at year end, please go to revivefamily.com forward slash donation and make a donation today. I want to thank you in advance because it will help us help so many more families. Thank you. Welcome back to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott, and we're in segment two of session three of A Meaningful Christmas. We're talking about how we're going to have that joyful, meaningful, connected Christmas that we really desire with our families, especially with our kids. We don't want it just to be tear into the gifts, kind of give a little homage to the Lord and then disappear into our own rooms. Fulfilled life comes through relationships. And if the relationships in our families are struggling, just not going to have that meaningful Christmas that focuses on giving and sharing, gets outside of ourselves and allows us to connect with each other and to really connect with the Lord. Why is this so important? Because I found when kids aren't connected to their parents and their parents have a moderate to strong faith, the kids often begin to disconnect from their parents' faith if they're not able to feel close, loved, unconditionally loved, accepted, and understood by their parents. They come to see God in that light, that God is distant, God is unhappy with them, that God is a God of rules, not a God of love, compassion, and grace. Best way to help our kids see the Lord and the miraculous birth of Jesus and what it means for us is if they're feeling close and connected to us, which is why we're talking so much about the elements of a healthy relationship. We've covered seven different elements that make up a truly healthy relationship, some in session two of A Meaningful Christmas and some in the first segment of this program today. If you want to go back and listen to those, you can go to our site, revivefamily.com, and put a forward slash on the end and put in podcasts, and you'll get there and be able to listen to those programs. And one thing was becoming clear to all of us. If we're going to be able to have healthy relationships and restore family relationships in our homes and with our kids, the eighth element of a healthy relationship is absolutely vital, but it's a little bit daunting, and it's called patience. Research in patience was rather humorous if we really step back and look at it. It indicates that patience is often very challenging for parents because we often expect instantaneous results as well as expect the people around us to behave the way we want them to, which in and of itself truly is a desire to control, a desire to keep things the way we like them. And if we're not hearing it, there's a bit of selfishness in that, maybe even the roots of narcissism, which is why we need the safe place that God gives us to be able to turn and reflect, to be able to open up and admit weaknesses and not fear punishment and not fear judgment, but to know that his spirit is there to love us, to sanctify us, and to reveal things deep in our souls that lead to us desiring to be in control. I find so amazing about Jesus is here he is 
walking on the planet with all this power and all this authority, and he never controls anyone. He never forces anyone to do anything against their own in- internal desire and decision. Jesus was the inverse of controlling in spite of all of his authority and power. Patience is essential to creating that safe place. See so much patience in Jesus, even after three and a half years with his disciples and they scatter in fear and Peter denies him three times. We don't see him coming back being frustrated and angry and upset and coming down on them and saying, you've lost the privilege of leading my church. And why is it that he can be so patient? He can be on the cross being put to death by the people that should worship him. And he can say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And because he's healthy, he's whole on the inside, he's got a healthy heart. And two, because he doesn't expect us to be perfect. And that's so important in our homes if we're going to have patience. We've got to stop expecting one another to be perfect. We've got to stop being hurt, being frustrated, getting upset when someone lets us down or doesn't perform to our expectations. We need to expect failure because we're imperfect. We need to be able to have humor in our own failures and in the failures of our kids. If we can approach things in a lighthearted Hey, Pinocchio, the inches did your nose just grow kind of way. It's amazing how much more open and honest our kids will get. More access we'll have to help them figure out why they lied, what they're afraid of, and why lying won't help them in their future. Patience is the bedrock of creating a safe place where open communication, transparency, and trust rules our family culture, which draws us closer together and really protects our kids from outside influences because they don't need to go out to be accepted and understood and heard with their friends. They're feeling that with their brothers, their sisters, and especially their parents. We end up with the influence that far exceeds anything the world can throw at our kids. And in the not-so-distant future, we're going to do a program series on developing patience where we can dig into this further. And that brings us to the ninth element of a healthy relationship, mutual respect. And I know from doing so many events in churches and talking with thousands of parents afterwards and then doing the coaching that respect is one of those hot buttons for some parents that really can get in the way of having that safe place culture that leads to trust and transparency and openness because we're demanding respect as opposed to understanding its true meaning. Respect is a sense of esteem held by somebody for someone else. It's our kids looking up to us and esteeming us because of how we handle things, because of how we carry ourselves. They go, wow, mom and dad are different. Mom and dad truly are like Jesus. They love me, listen to me, and understand me more than anybody else in my life. And conversely, our kids then end up acting and interacting with us in ways where we come to esteem them. And this esteem circle is just amazing. When we get more and more respect, esteem for each other, we get more and more positive with each other, and we're encouraging each other as opposed to finding faults in each other. And that's where this mutual respect is so vital and so important. And of course, it's built upon all the bedrocks of the things we've talked about. Unconditional love, trust, forgiveness, open communication. All of that's going to help us understand each other and respect each other because we're loving each other. 
we're serving each other, understanding each other. We're being open with each other. And so it's easy to esteem each other. And I know this isn't where we started as parents. We were all about demanding respect with our kids. We were all about rules and consequences and growing kids God's way and coming down on our kids and and finding the faults and correcting the faults. And when we began to really look at Jesus and how he led and how he shepherded and how he handled the failures and the sins of the people around him, it was so convicting and it changed everything. And it led to this new family culture of being a safe place and trust, understanding, and where we earned our kids' respect and we had the influence over everything else in life, which is why they didn't get distracted or tempted or taken down the wrong roads in middle school and high school. It's all led to the 10th element of a truly healthy relationship, which is sharing responsibility. At one point, we had chore charts and we had these battles over which chore was easier and harder and kids would forget to do the chores. And it's because we are doing everything as individuals. We weren't connected. We weren't emotionally connected. We weren't understanding each other. We weren't really listening to each other. And all of a sudden, when all of that changed, we realized we didn't need individual chores. We needed teamwork. Realized that our kids didn't like doing chores off individually by themselves. But if they felt they were part of a team and we were all working at the same time towards a common goal, why? Wow, all of a sudden it became a race, it became a competition, it became fun because we were loving, serving, caring for, and working together as a team. So many times I find parents frustrated because their kids aren't doing their chores. They're not doing what they're asked to do. They're forgetting what they're asked to do. Too often that has to do with unresolved issues or undiscussed hurt that the kids are carrying around. If we really stop and think about it, when things aren't going well in the relationship with our spouse and our spouse asks us to do something, it may be annoying. It may be frustrating. We may not want to do it, but we do it because we're adults. We know we kind of have to do it, so we do. But our kids are kids. We lose our desire as adults to help each other when things aren't going well. Imagine what happens to a child who's more emotional and doesn't have that drive just to get things done if they're hurt, feeling like they're not being heard and understood by us. I've found that sharing responsibility happens a lot more easily, a lot more naturally, and it's a lot more fun when the relationships in the house are going well which means we need to stop and go back and do a relationship check. How are we really doing? How close are our kids feeling to us? How loved and accepted are they feeling by us? How understood are they feeling from us? And conversely, where are we at in the relationship with them? First, we've got to hear them. First, we've got to get them to open up and really hear and process what they have to say, not get defensive, not argue. Their perspective is right. It's how they're feeling. After that, after they know they're heard and understood, then we can share some of our feelings. And this is the birthplace of understanding, of being a safe place for each other, of transparency, of open communication, of mutual respect and of sharing responsibility freely with each other as a family. And the 11th and final element of a great relationship is humor. We touched on it earlier in the program, but humor is so important. Being able to laugh at ourselves and our own mistakes, and when we screw up going, wow, look at that, I did it again, boy, do I feel stupid, and having a good sense of humor about our own mistakes and freely apologizing because we're not beating ourselves up and we're not feeling guilty and we're not feeling horrible, just going and making it right is so important to model that to our kids so that they 
can have humor about their weaknesses so that when we bring something up, they're not defensive. They're not protecting themselves because they're able to laugh at themselves as well. And having this humor requires realizing that we're going to let each other down. We're imperfect and it's okay. We don't have to be perfect. Our kids don't have to be perfect. We just need to be working on ourselves, understanding when we make a mistake, thinking through it together as a family, thinking through it as an individual and seeking to move in a better direction and become more healthy and more mature as we go through our lives. And so the underlying principle of all of this is having grace for one another, us having unmerited favor for our kids, even when they mess up and them learning to have unmerited favor for us when we're imperfect and we overreact and say things we shouldn't say. A gracious environment is a safe environment. A safe environment is an open environment. An open environment leads to transparency and trust, which leads to mutual respect and teamwork. No way we can have a meaningful Christmas if we're not in a healthy, right perspective relationship with a loving, gracious, compassionate God, and if we're not in that same type of relationship with our kids. And that's why I'd say right now, if you're looking to have a meaningful Christmas, sit down before God, think through all of these things and say, okay, where am I falling short, God, as a parent? And then go confess that and apologize for that with your kids and share how you want them to feel understood and ask them if they're feeling understood and accepted and believed in. Up truly transparent lines of communication because it'll draw your kids closer to you be happier with yourself as a parent and your kids will be happier with you as well and it will lead to that more close connected national christmas where we'll truly be grateful for god drawing us together thanks for joining me for revive families connecting hearts have a great week and a truly merry christmas that's it for this edition of revive family parenting in the 21st century with jeff shot we'll return soon with another program designed to help you become a wiser more effective, more influential parent. Jeff's website is revivefamily.com. Parenting in the 21st Century is produced in association with Faith Radio. Jeff Schott is a pastoral counselor and coach. He is not a licensed healthcare professional. What you've heard is not a substitute for seeking professional medical or psychological support.